Welcome to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast for Monday, October 14th. Happy Thanksgiving to my Canadian friends and happy Columbus Day to my American listeners. My name is Ian McLaren. I'm the host of this daily Boston Bruins podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where we talked about all things spoke to be five days a week. Today is a special day because, as I mentioned, it is a holiday, and the Bruins will be playing an afternoon game against the Anaheim Ducks. So we're teeing things up a little early. We'll be talking to Jason Hernandez from the Locked on Ducks podcast to tee up that game. We'll also take a quick look back at the home opener against New Jersey, and also, as we do every Monday, the power rankings of the Atlantic Division. So yeah, back to um, Saturday's game against the New Jersey Devils. The Bruins prevailed in their home opener by a score of 3 to nothing. Tuka Rask with his first shutout of the season. Um, and he and Yaroslav Halak have been uh, outstanding to, to begin the season so far. Um, I believe they actually have identical, almost identical numbers. Uh, Stephen Wino of the Associated Press uh, it was actually announced uh, earlier Sunday that Yaroslav Halak is going to be starting Monday's game against Anaheim. And so that continues the trend of uh, one start for Rask, one start for Halak uh, to begin the season. Um, they have, Rask and Halak both have 957 save percentages. Um, if you care about goals against average, Halak's is a bit higher at uh, 1.53 compared to Rask's 1.33. Um, Halak did get the loss uh, to Colorado, but uh, and Rask is perfect. But again, they've both been very stellar to start the season, and we've mentioned it a couple times on the podcast so far about this goalie uh, luxury that they have in terms of uh, you know one A, one B starters. Uh, despite the the big gap in their paychecks, they're both fairly uh, equal in terms of talent. Uh, or at least uh, in the regular season. Obviously, Rask will be counted on more uh, as the season goes on and into the playoffs. Uh, But the fact that they're doing a fairly even split and really prioritizing keeping Tuca fresh, um, we saw how that paid off last playoffs, and it looks like they're intentionally uh, going back and forth this season. So Rask, I believe he stopped 31 shots in the win over New Jersey. And, um, yeah, it was a very encouraging performance for the Bruins on home ice, their first game on home ice. Both Brad Marchand and Joachim Nordstrom scored in the first period to get things started. And um, Tugarask said that was probably our strongest part of the game. We started good. And you know what? You never know after a long trip and a tough flight, landing at 6 a.m. on Friday, it can go either way. But I think we have enough experience that we know how to deal with that. We showed up today, got to get your legs going, try to get a goal or two, and that happened today, so that was very good. Uh, The Bruins have now won four out of their first five games to start the season. And um, Marshawn credited kind of having that um, same roster pretty much as uh, just a few months ago that played for the Stanley Cup. He said it helps having pretty much the entire group from last year, a couple new guys, but for the most part, we're the same, and it makes it very easy to find chemistry and to just roll back into the season and keep going. That's kind of been our mentality. Let's just keep the ball rolling. 
We know we compete hard. We know we have a good group. We're well conditioned. It's been very easy again because we have pretty much a whole group together. Um, the Devils, despite some pretty serious additions in the offseason in P.K. Subban, uh, number one overall pick, Jack Hughes, a highly touted rookie forward in Nikita Gusev. Uh, they've been really off to start the season, and uh, it was nice to see the Bruins not give them any uh, confidence early on. They just kind of came out flying and, um, yeah, got those two early goals. Cassidy credited Marchand. He said he's on right now. That top line seems to be clicking, clicking like we've seen them typically. And our offense is coming to form now, I'd say, probably since Vegas. Colorado was good, and tonight we certainly had good opportunities as well. So it was nice to see, yeah, the top line get going, but also other guys chipping in, uh, such as uh, Joaquin Nordstrom on the fourth line. Uh, of the fourth line, Cassidy said they did what they typically do, which is play against good players, manage the puck, check well to get it back, long shots, kill penalties. They were able to chip in offensively. It picks everybody up when they get rewarded because they do a lot of grunt work, rarely see the power play. When they get opportunities to finish, I think it picks up our team. And that's kind of the importance of having that uh, solid fourth line that can not only check uh, and uh, ease the pressure in the defensive zone, but also get those occasional goals, in it, and it really gives the guys a boost, it seems. Um, yeah, so the Bruins are 4-1. and one. As they head into um, this afternoon game against the Anaheim Ducks. Like I said, it's Thanksgiving up here in Canada. I hope you've all had a great Thanksgiving weekend. For me, uh, I quick personal story. Uh, Sunday right now. And took the family to the Apple Orchard nearby. And our van overheated. And so the family went on to the orchard. And I was left with the van and had to walk uh, a few miles uh, each way to get some coolant from the gas station to top up the van. Uh, so that was my afternoon. A couple blisters on my feet, but at least it was a nice day. And I'm excited to kick back and watch the Bruins uh, this afternoon. I also watched the El Camino movie on Friday night on Netflix. Uh, those of you who know me know that I'm a huge Breaking Bad fan. I'd consider it my favorite show of all time. One of the best shows ever. And El Camino did not disappoint. Um, I've seen some people complaining that it was unnecessary or, you know, uh, they're just milking it. But I thought it was a great fitting ending to, to the tale. And it was uh, nice to see what happened to Jesse Pinkman to get that epilogue. And uh, if you haven't yet watched that, I highly recommend it if you're part of the Breaking Bad universe, along with Better Call Saul. I know some people who watch Breaking Bad but haven't dipped into Better Call Saul yet. I highly recommend it. Um, and it's it's a great show that, uh, yeah, is not a letdown at all from, from Breaking Bad. So that was my weekend, watching the Bruins, enjoying Thanksgiving dinner with family, and... Um, Walking to a gas station, pretty long distance to get some coolant. Um, I should also mention that former Boston Bruin defenseman Ted Green passed away at the age 79 over the weekend. 
Uh, he was known for his rough-and-tumble style. He was a member of the Bruins Cup teams in 1970 and 72. He was known as Terrible Ted back in the day. Um, and, uh, you know, he was uh, in the running for some Norris trophies in his day. And uh, he served as an assistant coach as well for the Oilers, uh, winning five cups uh, with them. So a great hockey man. And uh, we send our condolences to his family. Uh, I should also mention there's been some talk of the new seats at TD Garden. Uh, there was a, a retrofit of the arena in the off season uh, with some comfy seats, but there's uh, you know an issue with a lack of legroom going on, and they're trying to fix that. The team has acknowledged it that it's a problem, and they're trying to rectify that. So if you have fallen victim to this lack of legroom, please send me a message and uh, love to chat about that because I know this is something that uh, really affects the fan base and, uh, you know, can uh, make or break a viewing experience. So hit me up if you have any feedback about that. I'd love to talk to you about that. Coming up. As I mentioned, we're going to be talking to Jason Hernandez from Locked On Ducks to preview Monday's game against Anaheim. But before we move on, uh, let me talk to you for a moment about Vivid Seats, an online event ticketing marketplace dedicated to providing you with a live entertainment experience that lasts a lifetime. With Vivid Seats, Locked On podcast listeners can watch their favorite teams and bands perform in person, and you can... Earn credit back and all purchases made through the Vivid Seats app with the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program. Vivid Seats offers great prices, an easy purchase experience, and as I mentioned, an in-app loyalty program. All you need to do is go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. You'll be automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program and you'll enjoy credit on all your purchases as part of Vivid Seats Rewards. All Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed by a 100% guarantee. Enter promo code POSTSEASON at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. That's promo code POSTSEASON at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100 with the Vivid Seats app through which you'll be automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program. All right, I'm here now with uh, Jason from Locked On Ducks Podcast as we get ready for Monday's afternoon game between the Anaheim Ducks and the Boston Bruins. How, how are you doing today, Jason? I'm doing great this afternoon. How about you? I'm doing good. Yeah, I guess it's still afternoon uh, Afternoon in your parts. It's yeah, almost evening here. Evening here, the sun's almost uh, getting ready to go down here actually now. So, forgot about the time change. So, I guess this game will be on. You'll be able to have brunch. Brunch was not even brunch. I'm gonna have breakfast. I'll have breakfast. Get up, watch the game. It's a holiday, so I'll get up sort of late, get some breakfast, watch some hockey. Very nice. Yeah, that's there's nothing better than that, really. It's like uh doesn't happen too much in the eastern time zone i guess only for like world championships and stuff we can watch uh games from europe that are on here in the morning but don't really get many nhl games that are morning time over here but it'll we're be nice used to it on the west coast yeah I'm sure yeah so ducks and bruins they're both uh four and one uh i'll be honest i haven't really watched the ducks yet this season but i do have uh, John Gibson on one of my uh, 
keeper fantasy team. So you are lucky. Uh, the early Hart Trophy uh, candidate. Am I wrong there? He's easily a Hart Trophy candidate. He's only allowed five goals in four games as Ryan Miller started the other game. And he only allowed one goal in that one himself. Oh, wow. Um, what I love about the Ducks this season is their defense has improved quite a lot comparing this season to last season. And that was something that they needed to work on sorely. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't, uh, I really wasn't uh, too high on the Ducks coming into this season. Is this, uh, <laughs> you think, I, obviously it's not sustainable, the the four and one uh, record, but are they expected to kind of push for a playoff spot or is this more of a, a retooling year or what's kind of the outlook for the Ducks this season? It was supposed to be a rebirth year. Okay. And there was a few things that happened. First, they got a new head coach in Dallas Eakins, right. who was the former coach of the San Diego Goals, which is their American Hockey League affiliate. Right, right, right. And he's used to playing a lot of these guys. And something else the Ducks did is they got rid of a couple of their, I don't want to say older guys, but they are. Uh, Ryan Kessler is now gone. And Corey Perry, who is a proverbial pest on, on offense right. and on defense, he's now playing on Dallas. Well, he's not playing because he's been injured. So really, the Ducks got the better end of that one. Yeah. And the other major change is they have fully embraced a youth movement where they have nine guys on their roster that are 23 or younger. Oh, wow. And even some that are older, they're 24, 25, 26. They maybe have three guys above 30. Wow. Guess left. He must feel like a, a dad at this point on that team. <laughs> poor, poor, poor Getzloff is approaching his thousandth game, and he's easily the elder statesman aside from Ryan Miller. Oh well, yeah, yeah, for sure. So who's uh, who's been stepping up for them so far, other than other than Gibson? I mean, Gibson has been the the major one. A couple other guys that I like that have stepped up a little bit: uh, Andre Kache, who is you know he's a foreign-born player. And he was brought up on the San Diego goals system. And he finally scored his first goal last night, but he's been getting the points and getting the apples here and there. And right. one thing I like about Kashe is he likes to crash the boards a little bit. He likes to get into those dirty corners where no one else will go. So overall, I've liked his gameplay, but I like his passion for the game. He will give 110% every shift every time. So that's something that hopefully resonates with the rest of the team. Yeah, I remember, I mean, in the, I don't know if it was during the preseason or late in the summer, there was the report out there that Justin Falk would maybe be heading to Anaheim and Kashi would be the, the return. And everybody that I saw on Twitter was really scratching their heads as to why Anaheim would even <laughs> consider that, considering he's such a yeah highly regarded player, kind of one of those underrated players that, that people don't really know much about but who's ready to kind of make uh make his name more widely known so i think for anaheim it's it's probably good that that never transpired or i don't even know if it got close or if it was there was any it, legs to that rumor but uh, it was a bit of a head scratcher at the time i know there was some legs to that rumor that that something could have changed obviously i think the ducks did get the better end of the deal with kasha yeah on their front line um, sure, he's, yeah. a, he's a legitimate second to third line forward. Mm -hmm. And I think the Ducks are going to be very happy to keep him, hopefully keep him around, keep him around for a while. 
even right, though yeah. right now he's only got four points. It's five five games, four points is still not bad. Sure, yeah. Yeah. I guess from um the Bruins point of view that they've already announced that um Yaroslav Halak is gonna start tomorrow. And that kind of goes with a rotation that um was expected this season and they've actually gone Raskalak, Raskalak, um so rotating every game and so between Halak, he's been off to a really great start. He's had a, a shutout. Um, I think his save percentage is like 953. Um, so between him and Gibson, it may be uh, a bit of a – oh, plus in the afternoon game, it may be quite a low-scoring goal <laughs> tomorrow. So we may not – may not be too exciting, but uh, – I think yeah, tomorrow, tomorrow could be a low-scoring game considering that these are the two teams that lead in defense right now. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. I've seen I've seen the stats for both of those. I actually have a lot of friends that are Bruins fans. Okay. So they're probably very thrilled that I'm doing a Locked On Bruins <laughs> crossover with Locked On Ducks. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's but I, I have I'll been impressed ahead. with both Boston goalies. They've mm. been out. It's really weird because the Bruins, this will be their sixth game in the season and their fifth Western Conference opponent. and and New Jersey so they they have yet to play an Atlantic division opponent and the majority of them have been from the Western Conference so it's it's been a really weird start to the season uh, schedule wise uh, but yeah it's always neat to see uh, see the Ducks come to town and to see kind of a different flavor of the Western Conference and um, yeah Dallas Eakins he's he seems to be doing a really great job so far so I've, I've, I've been following Dallas for a while because I also cover minor league hockey. Okay. And he was the original goals head coach. And what a lot of people don't know, know about Dallas Eakins because he's always been a West coast kind of guy. He He's one of the more passionate head coaches that I've seen both with the goals and with the ducks. I right. mean, some people don't like his system and I, I like the youth movement that he's implemented and he's trying to be more of a defensive minded coach, you know, work both ways. And the big problem with the Ducks right now is they're getting off to slow starts because they've mm-hmm. had five games and five slow starts where they've either allowed opponents to outshoot them or they've allowed opponents to really get get through the blue line. They're not forechecking enough. It's just slow start every time. Interesting. Yeah, the Bruins, yeah. their offense had been struggling for the first couple of games. Uh, it seems to have picked up a little bit, and now um, the top line is really rolling, and they're looking to get that offense more from the second and third line, um, which was an issue early last season as well. So yeah, but if you had told me early in the season that the ducks would be off to a hot start, you, you wouldn't believe it. Yeah. If if you had said both these teams were four and one, one of these teams is not like the other. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I did not expect the ducks to come in four and one, but it's a, no one did. No one did. It's still early days, I guess, and there's a lot of a lot of teams that are. I mean, nobody expected Edmonton to be five and zero, and who else? The Flyers. Are... I predict. I predicted Edmonton making the playoffs on my really? show. I did. Okay, yeah, yeah. I had them. I had them outside the playoff picture, but uh, McDavid kind of doing what he does and and leading the league in points and all that. But yeah, with I James have Miller coming in and. It's crazy I have the Ducks there. around 88 to 90 points, to be honest. Okay. I have so, them as an outside chance at a wild card. Right. Okay, yeah. Because of their improvement on defense. 
Yeah. Uh, fi- finally, they're starting to back up Josh Gibson. Something that they had not done before is they're finally getting in the way of pucks, mm-hmm. um, fixing the lanes, and blocking shots. They're finally doing that. It's about time. Okay. Yeah, they have a lot of. I I when I think of their defense, I think of yeah more kind of puck moving guys like Hampus Lindholm or uh, Cam Fowler that kind of thing. But yeah, it's nice to hear that they're getting a bit more down and dirty maybe and and giving Gibson the help that that he deserves because he's yeah like we said off the top he's he's a heart trophy yeah, candidate easily that's Nick candidate easily one of the top goalies in the league and. He just needs that support, and I mean, they can well, ride. I, I didn't, I didn't Gibson. expect. Although I didn't expect Gibson to have a one point twenty five goals against right now, nor yeah. did I expect Miller to have a one point zero zero. Yeah, but that's... then I look, I look at Boston's goalies as well, and I'm sure you could expound more on this. Both of those goalies are under two GAA a game as well. Yeah, yep. And you really can't go wrong with either one. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I've talked about that a lot so far this season, just the luxury that the Bruins have of basically having those two starters that you can put out on any given night and you'll get pretty high-level goaltending. Um, that was a really great signing last year by Sweeney to, to bring Halak in, and um, he started a lot last year more due to circumstance with, with Rask being uh, on the shelf with an injury, but we all saw how it paid off in the playoffs and if the Bruins had won game seven, Rask would have been the Conn Smythe trophy uh, winner. I don't, I don't have any doubt about that. So I think this year they're doing it more intentionally. And, and uh, like I said, this is Bruce Cassidy has been going back to back uh, or like rotating them game in and game out so far. Um, so yeah, it'll be Halak tomorrow and, and uh with other teams, you put in your backup. You expect maybe uh, to the offense will have to carry the load, but with a lack in there, it's uh, he already has one shutout this season, and um, there's not really not much of a drop off between him and Rask at all. Which is um, really... I actually don't know this, but what's the safe percentage for both goalies right now? Because I know you tweeted it yesterday. Yeah, I, think, um, I think they're identical right now at nine fifty three. They both have had. I saw that uh, Stephen Wino from the AP, he tweeted that out today when uh, it was said that Halak would be starting. So, yeah, they they each have one shutout, and Halak has one loss uh, to Colorado, but, um, yeah, they've been equally stellar in net so far. So Yeah, so same, same like with that. Gibson and Miller. Uh, Miller has a 963 save percentage. John Gibson has a 961 save percentage. Yeah, so they're very comparable themselves. Yeah, that's crazy. So yeah, I guess uh like we said it it could be uh a bit of a, a goalie duel tomorrow and goals may be at a premium. We could I wouldn't be surprised if it's uh watch tomorrow yeah. end up being seven to six. Yeah, <laughs> after all this it'll be a, a shootout. Both guys will be pulled. That would be hilarious. That's yeah. not gonna happen. That's yeah, not gonna happen. Afternoon games aren't usually uh known for their goal explosions, I, I wouldn't say. They're they're, they're, they're known for their wackiness. Yeah, exactly. Is this Anaheim's first game out on the Eastern? Well, this, is, this is the fourth of a four-game Eastern road trip that they're on. Uh, they beat Detroit, they right. lost at Pittsburgh, and then okay. they just beat Columbus. 
Right, right, right. Okay. So, so right now they've got yeah, they've got four points so far on this road trip, right. which I I predicted. I said they'd be happy with four points on this road trip, but yeah. why not go for five or six? Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it's uh, decided in a shootout or something like that tomorrow. I mean, close to the game. The it's fans in Boston would love that. Yeah, yeah, true. I mean, I, well, I would love to see a shootout with John Gibson. Yeah, and, sure. yeah, that could go last like 20 rounds maybe. Oh, with those two goalies? Well, with e- with either of these four goalies, shootouts could last a long time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, should we, uh, did you have anything else that you wanted to chat about? Or? Well, we can't talk much about the offense for the Ducks because they haven't right. scored that many goals themselves. That's been their yeah. big thing. They were last. They were last in offense last season. Yikes! Yep. Um, but I'll expound slightly on the Ducks' offense because Kashi has Kashi's been one of those guys that's been really impressive so far. Okay. Uh, he's their leading point scorer. He's got four points. Right. Not a lot. And Hampus Lindholm also has four points. Again, not a lot. Yeah. Right. So they've got to fix their offense. They've only scored eleven goals in five games. Wow, okay, yeah. Normally averaging two point two goals per game is not gonna do it. No. But they've also allowed one point two goals per game. Yeah. Yeah, so that'll do it. Yeah, I, defense- I guess what I want to ask you, since you've seen the Bruins obviously more than I have. Yeah. Who who are some of the offensive weapons to watch out for tomorrow? I mean so far, like I said earlier, the the top line of Brad Marchand, Patrice Bergeron, David Pasternak, they got off to a bit of a slow start, but uh, Brad Marchand, he looked uh, quite dominant against the Devils uh, this weekend, and he scored one goal. I believe he's uh, – I can't remember. He's averaging more than a point per game so far through the season, so that line obviously is always uh, very dangerous. Um the second line right now is David Krejci, Jake DeBrusque, and they have uh, Carson Kuhlman on the right side. He's uh, he got a bit of a look at the end of last season. He's he's got a lot of speed. Uh, they haven't really connected uh, offensively too much. They actually had two goals from that line that were overturned in their loss to Colorado last week. So uh, that was a bit of a bummer for them. Uh, but uh, DeBrusque and Krejci for sure are always um, always dangerous. And then on the third line, Charlie Coyle has been uh, really talked about a lot as kind of their best player through camp. Uh, he only has one assist so far through so five games, but um, a lot of that is due to the fact that he and linemate uh, Danton Heinen, they've really been anchored uh, on the right side by um, – David Backus has been up there a bit. Uh, Brett Ritchie has been up there a bit. So guys that are can't really keep up with the other two on that line, and therefore the the offense hasn't really come yet from those two. But um, if and when the more skill is placed on that line, I would expect uh, Coyle and Heinen to get going uh, sooner than later as well. So really, uh, up and down the lineup is always. Uh, the possibility to score, and I guess uh, former Duck also Chris Wagner, he's on the fourth line. Uh, that line can chip in every now and again as well. So, um, I mean, the top line always dangerous, and on any given night, the other guys can chip in as well. And and that's just one of the the reasons why the Bruins remain uh, dangerous. They haven't really had much roster turnover from uh, last season, and uh, we all saw how far they got last year. And the fact that they have remained 
pretty much identical roster. They've kind of been able to pick up right where they left off. So um, the offense could come from anywhere, but more than likely it'll come from the top line as they continue to roll and we'll see if anybody else chips in. Yeah, you mentioned something that's interesting is the Bruins pretty much kept their roster intact. I have them as a favorite for this coming season because, as I've said, they're only one win away from winning last year's Stanley Cup. Right. They're right there. They have they have the players. Um, but I guess one more thing going over the Ducks lineup. Really, it's only a two-line offense right now. Okay. Because I look at Ryan Getzloff leading that front line with Andre Kasha who's now part of that line. And we've kind of seen a mixing and matching of lines right there on the left wing. We've seen Max Comtois come in there. We've right. seen Ricard Raquel come in there at times. Okay. And it's interesting what Eakins has been doing is he's been mixing and matching uh, his wingers with his centers, particularly left wing, because he's got Getzloff and Kasha. He's got Henrik and Silverberg as the two pairings on the center and right. Those are pretty much set in stone. But then when you have left-wingers, uh, Raquel's been doing well. Comtois is a guy that is up and coming. Another one of Eakin's, Eakin, I, guess, I guess, predecessors from the goals days. Right. And that, that's been the big advantage. I think that's why he's playing the younger players and just letting them go. He knows how these guys play, and he knows their style. Right. And yeah. I would say even the third line, which has started in the last couple of games, Derek Grant's line has been starting off on opening face-offs it's been grant it's been richie or delorier's and it's been troy terry and even carter rowney's getting in there and people forget about rowney because some teams didn't want him and right. he's been around for a while yeah for sure yeah that that's how i feel about this ducks team there are a couple outcasts that teams did not want and then you got a bunch of these younger guys that they've just been bringing up year after year Right. And yeah, you're right. This was supposed to be a youth movement year, a rebuilding year of sorts, but they have talent. We've seen it with the goals who last year made it to the Western Conference Finals. Right. So maybe this is the kind of, quote, rebuilding, unquote, right. that's actually going to produce results sooner rather than later. Yeah. I mean, with Gibson and Nett, you'll you'll always have a chance to win no matter what uh what the guys are doing up front. And like you said, the, the goals haven't been there in abundance, but they're keeping the puck out of the net enough to, to get the job done. And and that's why, yeah, there's two teams who are both four and one that'll be facing off in an afternoon tilt. And it, it should be a good one. I think uh, even if there aren't too many goals, I think there'll be uh, plenty of, of chances created at least. And hopefully it's an entertaining one from uh, on both ends. It, it should be a good one. Sometimes these 2-1 games can be very tense. So I'm yeah. hoping for a good hitting matchup tomorrow. Some yeah, good sure. defense on both sides. And maybe cool. some and maybe some spectacular saves from John Gibson again. Because yeah. he's had yeah. more than a couple of those so far. Yeah, guys, in his, guys in his prime. He'll be fun yeah. to watch, Bruins fans. Just watch. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be good. All right, well, thanks for uh, taking the time to chat. And uh, we'll see yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you time. for taking the time to chat, too. It's yeah, no fun. worries. Very cool. Thank you very much again to Jason Hernandez for helping tee up Monday's game between the Boston Bruins and the Anaheim Ducks. I'm going to make an executive decision and hold off on the Atlantic Division power rankings until tomorrow, seeing as the Bruins play an early game, and we'll get to see how they fare in that one, and that will affect their standing in the Atlantic Division 
uh, see how that stacks up and if they're able to jump ahead of the Buffalo Sabres, who are surprisingly might still be on top. Spoiler alert. Uh, again, this is a Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren. Please follow the show at LO underscore Boston Bruins. Follow me at ENC McLaren and subscribe, download, rate, and review the podcast wherever you download uh, and listen to your shows. Again, we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. This is the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, a daily show covering all things Spoked B. And we'll catch you tomorrow, friends. Take care.